Good evening, everybody, and thank you and welcome to this meeting of Scrutiny Committee. Um, you've had a long day, so we'll do our best to dispose of the business efficiently. Uh, before we begin, the usual housekeeping notice. Fire exits are over there. No fire alarms are planned, so if the alarm does go off, please leave promptly. We are recording and broadcasting and Adrian will confirm that's working in a second. Um, before I move on to substantive business, just want to make one point. There have been a couple of questions about items on the agenda and whether they're appropriate in relation to other bodies. If I could refer members to the Constitution, and I have the written copy here, the sort of King James Version, for want of a better word. Uh, Article 6... 6.1 is our terms of reference. 6.3 are our specific functions. And if I may, I'll just read out two extracts from that. 6.3.4, liaise with other external organisations operating the area, whether national, regional or local, to ensure that the interests of local people are enhanced by collaborative working. 6.3.10, review and scrutinise the performance of other public bodies in the area and invite reports from them by requesting them to address the scrutiny committee and local people about their activities and performance. So as you can see, the effectiveness of other bodies is of relevance to us. Right, let's move on to substantive business. Do we have any apologies for absence and any declarations of interest? I have one. I have children that use... Essex County Council School Transport under item 11. No apologies? She's very kindly broken a holiday to come in today, so we're very grateful for that, and I hope she enjoys the rest of her well-deserved break. Thank you. Minutes of the previous meeting. Are members content that they are true and accurate record, and may I sign them as such? I'm taking I that as assent. I second. Excellent. Thank you. Responses of the executive to reports of the committee. I'm aware of none. Good. Consideration of any matter referred to the committee in relation to a call-in of decision. Once again, I'm aware of none. Good. Cabinet forward plan. Um, one point that immediately strikes me is I note the corporate plan, delivery plan is on this, and I hope that will be brought to this committee as a matter of course so we can look at it. Bearing in mind this is new administration, the effectiveness of the delivery plan is of profound importance. Any other observations? Deputy Leader, any observation you care to make? Are you content with that? Sorry. <laughs> Strike that for the minutes. Um, right, thank you. Scrutiny work programme. Oh, sorry. Councillor Sell, my apologies. That's fine. Um, I agree with you about the, the delivery plan. What I would suggest is that when we are looking at the delivery plan, perhaps the agenda could be relatively light apart from that item because I think the delivery plan, as you say, is, is crucial, and therefore, to do it justice, 
uh, I hope the agenda is not too packed with other items when we look at it in April. You've got a very good point. Uh, it might be one of practicalities as we have quite a lot of stuff both pending and about to arrive on us. But yes, the point is well made. Any other observations in relation to that item? No, then I'll move on if I may. Scrutiny work programme. Councillor Caton. Can I... Uh, we've had an email conversation about the uh, local authority investment in commercial properties um, report, and I did suggest to you, Mr Chairman, that we should pencil that in for discussion in July. It seems to be a, an or, no, or in June. I think it's the 25th of June. Uh, it seems an appropriate time as we will then have to be thinking about the medium-term financial strategy and I think uh, this has got some strategic significance. This report, I should say. I quite agree and I had a note to make the same point so thank you for reminding me. We did agree we would remind each other over email. Um, I also recall you made a very good point about the allocation of income from the investments and um, how that will be dealt with as it will be out with the budget. Um, I presume you'd wish that matter to be brought before well, this committee I, I, I as well. I think if we're discussing the delivery plan it should be in conjunction with the delivery plan which is an offshoot of the corporate plan, isn't it? So I would have thought that should be done at the next meeting rather than uh, in the June meeting. I'm certainly content with that. Uh, Deputy Leader, are you content? <laughs> The, the, the deputy leader has indicated her consent. Thank you. <laughs> we had an extremely... Councillor Cristiani. Thank you. Um, I just wanted to comment that at the last meeting, uh, we as a planning obligations and conditions task uh, and finish group said that we would report to this meeting our final report. Um, that has since changed and that's reflected in the work programme. Uh, we're still out for sort of consultation, as it were, with our parish councils, district councillors and uh, even town councils. Um, so that there is absolutely a reason behind us shifting that to the next meeting. I think it's well justified. We want to hear what town, parish and district councils have to say. Um, and it's, it's on that note that I would say that, you know, that is obviously now reflected. Um, can I just check that we are incorporating the corporate plan delivery plan to the next meeting because I fear if we don't then we kind of miss the boat if we push it to 25th of June that's certainly the intention the committee has expressed Richard yes and if um, Councillor Cristioni finds uh, that his group is struggling to meet the May deadline and wants to move the um, planning obligations report to June then that will help uh, Councillor Sell's request to free up space on the agenda for it, but yes, there will be no difficulty in taking the delivery plan um, to May scrutiny. Should members wish to see it? Well, I should say that all members will see it anyway, because it will be approved at full council before then. I, th I think for the record we should say that Councillor Cristione's 
efforts have been in, and his colleagues have been enormous on the planning obligations task and finish group and so it's merely a reflection of the scale of the task rather than anything else and thank him and his colleagues for their ongoing efforts in relation to planning matters we have just received at the members briefing a very full and informative uh, report from the east of england local government association consultants um, do members consider they might wish to revisit any aspect of that in the forthcoming uh, meetings of the committee or are they happy to leave it solely as a matter for full council excellent and finally councillor count you had some observations about the stansted airport Community Trust uh, that may be of relevance to our work programme. Thank you, Chair. Um, as probably everybody knows, I've been working with the Community Trust Fund for about the last six months, uh, but I've been unable to get any information regarding where the money's been spent for the last 10 years. So basically what we're going to do, I'm going to be proposed, I think the word proposed, as um, a trustee. So by the May meeting, I should have a lot more information. So uh, if you could put that on the work plan, it would be great. And you'll give us an update at the May meeting? Absolutely, 100%. Excellent. Right, two more substantive matters, planning obligations and conditions. Councillor Crisioni. Well, I have to apologise first off. Uh, because I didn't diarise the task and finish groups meeting when it happened, uh, so I didn't turn up. Um, but Councillor Gerard did, and so I don't mean to sort of lump it on you, but if you wouldn't mind updating the committee. <laughs> um, basically, myself and um, Mr Brown met, <laughs> and uh, we discussed uh, the work that was required, um, and essentially, we discussed a variety of things that we wanted to do, but of course, all subject to the consultation that we are doing. Mr. Brown uh, was going to do a report for us, but that yet hasn't come through. We're waiting for that report, and when that, when combined with the consultation feedback, I think will feed in to the work that then you're going to then do and the final. And, and the draft report. So at the moment, I can't say anything more than that because I'm waiting on Mr. Brown's report. It's Thank worth you. mentioning, Chair, sorry. Uh, it's worth mentioning that so far we have 36 responses to the consultation, uh, the majority of which have been town or parish councils. That's very positive, in my opinion. That's excellent. That really is uh, involvement. Any questions or points to make to the... Uh, Planning Obligations Task and Finish Group from members. Once again, it's an enormous task they've taken on. Perhaps with the benefit of hindsight, we didn't fully appreciate what we were asking of them. Councillor Gerard. I might just add um, a couple of the things that have cropped up recently. Uh, there have been some various new things from government. Uh, there's a thing called the First Homes proposal that I'm sure that Councillor Lees is aware of. And that's, we were discussing how that um, affects what we're doing because, of course, the idea is to try to encourage um, developers to build truly first homes, not just, inverted commas, first homes. So there is a, there is a, government, um, there is a government proposal at the moment called the First Home Scheme, which 
kind of complicates it because it's, it's a new, something new that we hadn't sort of come across. But as I said, Mr. Brown is incorporating that into his report and um, that um, will be part of uh, our findings. Um, and yeah, apart from that, it's, um, we're just waiting on that, on his report. Thank you. Any other questions or points? Good. Major planning applications. I think this will be a combination of Council Account and uh, Mr. Alty. Thank you, Chair. Um, so, as some members will know, because they will have met them, the PAS consultants have now been in uh, and conducted interviews on site. There are a few people they are going to be following up with on the phone, either because they have further things they want to discuss with them or because uh, those members were unavailable on the days that they were here. Um, they also sat in on the Stansted um, application meetings as well, which I think I might have mentioned at the last committee. I can't remember. Anyway, but they, they, they sat in on those meetings too. So we're expecting the report May or June. I think it depends on their um, workload and what else they've got, the consultants have got going on and how quickly they can speak to the people they need to speak to. But um, I don't think we're a million miles away from um, receiving that report, and then it'll be up to the committee to decide how they want to progress this work stream in the uh, next financial year. It looks as though we'll be take, carrying a fair bit of work over into the new year, doesn't it? Yeah. But um, that's to be expected, bearing in mind the range of activities we've undertaken. Any questions or sure. points? Chair, oh, sorry. Just quickly, um, I'll be arranging a meeting with the working group in next week, so we'll be getting together just to get some uh, terms of reference. Thank you. Any questions? Councillor Gerard. Thank you, Chair. Just wanted to... I'm a bit confused because Councillor LeCount did ask me to assist him in this, and I've had no communications on anything so far, bearing in mind that I originally brought this to scrutiny after the 2018 airport application went through. I, I actually brought this to the committee under previous Councillor um, Dean. Um, I would suggest that I be part of the, the programme, apart from the fact that I've been asked to, but um, in terms of it does go back quite a long way. I was part of that and with the planning committee, so if I could uh, respectfully ask to be fully included, that would be great. Thank you. Councillor LeCount. Uh, Councillor, you already are. <laughs> I received nothing because nothing's happened. I think it's not so much that nothing's happened, it's more that preliminary work has been being undertaken by the Planning Advisory Service. But I think your point that perhaps we should have better informed you of that is well made, and I apologise. Any other questions or comments on that? Airport fly parking. Councillor Caton. I think this is going to sound like a, a scratch record because I'm going to say there's not been much um, happened in the last uh, cycle. We are arranging to meet uh, the Stansted Airport Forum working party that looks up at um, airport fly parking. Uh, and we are going to have discussions with the parish councils most affected by airport fly parking. So I, all I would say is I think maybe the June report for the final report might be what we called in corporate speak a stretch target. 
uh, and we may go into the September one because we don't want to be uh, missing out any parish councils that wish to put any or have any input. One thing I will say is that we spoke to Councillor Eek, who has also been involved in the discussions, and that they've had some discussions with Little Canfield Parish Council uh, and the airport, and they have come up with a a strategy, or um, I wouldn't say it's a long-term strategy, but a mid-term strategy for Little Canfield, and it'll be interesting to see how successful that is. Um, just to say that the uh, work programme was prepared several weeks ago uh, and all the dates in it are my best guess at when these things might come to fruition so the committee shouldn't feel held to the dates for any of these task and finish groups that are in there and if more time is needed then we can move things around as long as um, members of task and finish groups keep me or Alistair informed about how they're getting on then we can slot things in as and when they're ready. I'm reminded by Councillor Driscoll that we've also, uh, in principle, discussed the possibility of trialling three options in three different locations to see how they would be most effective. We haven't yet got the locations because we need to discuss them with the parishes, um, but uh, that is something that we would like to trial. These are complicated issues involving an enormous number of consultees on both sides of the parking issue. So um, I think it's only fair to acknowledge the complexity and depth of this matter and that appropriate consultation does take time. And far rather this was done well than it was done to a, um, what's the word, overly demanding timetable. Thank you, Mr Chairman. Any questions or comments on that matter? May I move on? Thank you. Recording and broadcasting of meetings, Councillor LeCount. What a time for me to be asking this question, you know? So I'm going to start it, and then Adrian's going to help me along, because we did find the reason for tonight. So I just think it's appropriate for me first to explain the background to this issue. The broadcast and recording of a very important standstill planning meeting was not made, and also the backup didn't work. This issue caused much concern and consternation with members across all parties. My appointed task by this committee was why did it happen and make sure it doesn't happen again. So with the help of Adrian and Nicole, Nicole, uh, sorry, Nicola Whitman, I've been able to put the, the rest of the questions, including the assumptions, was it a conspiracy? Uh, now, after tonight, actually, I really did believe it was. That's the truth. Um, but I hand to Adrian, because Adrian's going to tell you exactly what went wrong tonight. <laughs> oh, you want me to do it? I do, I do it. I do it. I, I, well, do it. I, I can tell you what changes we made following the... Microphones. I wasn't in here, so dropping out. Um, there were three things that we changed. The plate that is next to Alistair, there's an equivalent one in the committee room. We turned that off um, because there are a number of these mics that sync to both rooms. 
so it's possible they were sinking to there. We had one councillor who had Bluetooth active on his laptop and it was doing something because we could see it doing something. We don't know what it was doing. So we intercepted him, and that's given a clue. And um, we, we've disabled the Bluetooth. The problem is we made a number of changes, so we don't know which one has actually fixed it, if indeed it has fixed it. And the third one was the chairman's mic was adjacent to that grey plate. And if you looked at it as, as the meeting was going on, it kept dropping out. The blue light was flashing behind it. And it's possible that that was interfering with the rest and causing them to do the same. Because when we moved the plate down there for the subsequent two meetings of council, that mic didn't blue flash and none of the others did as far as we could tell either. So we don't know if it's fixed it. We know that they didn't drop out while you had your next two meetings. I wasn't in the second one of the council meetings, but I don't think they dropped out. Um, so, yes, uh, we continue to make changes as we go to try and establish what is going on, but it does seem to pick on very important meetings, and not, not that planning isn't an important meeting, but it didn't pick on the last planning meeting and, indeed, another meeting as we went along. Thank you, Adrian. Assumptions. Was it a conspiracy? I doubt it. Ineffectiveness or just bad luck? My conclusion was a combination of many issues that happened on the 24th. Conspiracy, no, and I personally do not believe in bad luck. Maybe bad programming, yes. The major problem was we relied on an IT system that had not previously gone wrong and therefore we did not make regular checks on the system's reliability. It just did not complete its functions. Recording, broadcasting and backup is not a legal requirement by any council, but it's become an integral part of UDC's communication to residents and also a vital backup for important meetings, like the planning meeting. Trusting IT systems is not best practice. For anybody working closely with computers will know they can go wrong, and sometimes they do. In the report Adrian and Nicola and I have put together, we've now tested the procedures in place, other than tonight, and we've upgraded the audio minutes recording machine and software and should eliminate any recording problems in the future. The Televix system, which is the one we're talking on now, has been serviced and software changes have been implemented. Other modifications, including changes to the broadband lines in the chamber, now dedicated only to the audio system. Now for the most important statement. We put in place robust checking procedures for both systems to be carried out before each meeting. Going forward, the two systems will be reviewed again in late May and I'll report back to the committee with my conclusions on the 25th. It was unfortunate tonight, but we did solve the problem. And I thank Adrian for helping and Nicola. So if there's anybody got any questions, either Adrian or I will take those. I think, I think if I can just clarify, when Councillor Count says IT need to look after it or whatever the exact wording he used, <clears throat> it is outsourced solution. We don't run it at all. It is run by audio minutes and it's them that have replaced the equipment and them that have made the modifications to their system. It's an app. We have no access to their app. Um, so it, it just say that. And I should say, 
I was late in here because I was listening to you all chatting away on the broadcast, which is working fine. Thank you, Mr. Webb. Councillor Merrifield. Thank you. Um, there's a bit of, and it might be too difficult um, to explain, but it says in the report on the top of page three, and it's number three, the system has to integrate with our democratic system, ModGov. Um, if it's not an integral part of a necessary to, for minutes, for minute taking to have audio minutes and things, why does it have to integrate with our democratic system, ModGov, then? Um, I mean, because the only thing we see with ModGov are the agendas, the, minute, the minutes and reports and things on there. And that's all we see. see. Uh, is there extra things that we don't see that offices use? Because I just would like an explanation of that. Thank you. I'll, t- I'll turn around in a second and show you what it looks like on the website. But, it, the, but the audio minutes within ModGov is for the members of the public. So they can listen to it, and you can as well, either whilst it's broadcasting or subsequently, and it links to the different agenda items. So it makes it easier. So there are only two systems that integrate direct with ModGov. One is audio minutes, the other is Public Eye. Public Eye, we looked at a fair few years ago, they do promote video uh, broadcasting and that was incredibly expensive it will have got cheaper but it was incredibly expensive at the time and when we looked at it because of the shape of this room the way public eye worked at the time and we haven't looked at it for a few years but the way it worked at the time it had a central camera which was able to pick up voice and swing round to focus on you this room does not lend itself to being able to do that. Circular rooms cause it cause confusion. Um, so we would have needed an operator at the back to operate it. So it was just not affordable at the time. Um, we, as uh, Council Count says, we'll look at this again in May, see how we're going with the changes we've made, and we may well look and see what other providers can do. But um, that's the only other one that directly links. Could I just mention one thing about uh, what Adrian just said there? If anybody's actually gone back and listened to any minutes, you'll see the minutes come up words, and also then you've got the line so you can see exactly where you're actually being, it's been spoken. So that's why they integrate both together. Councillor Merrifield, um, any observations on those points? Thank you. When Adrian was talking about it, I thought that's what he was, because that's what I used to pick up. The, um, the audio minutes um, so yes I gathered that so that's fine Yeah, um, just to say that it was the most incredibly frustrating and annoying um, day of my life to find out that it, there was no record of it and um, it's uh, yes just that very incredibly annoying and upsetting that there was no minutes left audio minutes you have my deepest sympathies there. It doesn't reflect on us well as a council that that happened, and you were put in a very difficult position. Any comments or observations on this matter? Councillor Chrissy, any first, then Councillor Gerard. Well, I think uh, I made my kind of views on this quite clear at the last meeting in that I was worried that we were looking at a system that's only failed once, every, or once in seven years, um, using a sledgehammer to crack a nut, that sort of thing, but we absolutely haven't done that here. We've done exactly what a scrutiny committee should do and I think we should commend Councillor Lecount for that. Um, we've identified a problem, we have sought solutions. Um, again, you know, deeply unfortunate issue on the wrong day of all days um, but we've clearly found a solution so well done uh, Councillor Lecount and Mr Webb. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm going to echo similar, similarly, I mean 
just going back to the, the airport, the airport um, meeting that we had in 2018 was recorded. A transcript was produced from that recording, having been at that meeting and having read, listened to the whole, whole, whole recording and the transcript that was made from that recording, it actually worked very, very well. And actually, it, it helped us in getting to where we were in January in understanding what happened then and the facts and figures, etc. So I echo, it's, it's unfortunate, but I think that if we fix it, it's certainly the, I think that it's an important part of, of making sure that we do have transparency in the meetings, particularly with the um, sensitive large planning applications, which undoubtedly are. And in this case, of course, there are ramifications because a potential appeal, quoting potential things that were said or not said, no proof otherwise, there are ramifications from that. So it's unfortunate, but, yeah, I, I think we seem to be on the right track, but I think we just need to make sure that we have thorough checks. And if there are sensitive meetings that require uh, detailed um, uh, minutes, then we just make sure we have maybe a double-check, triple-check system. Just Councillor Merrifield first, then Mr Webb. Can you come back to me? I've just had a complete brain freeze. I'll come back. Yes, thank you. Mr Webb. I, it was just to reassure members, the way the system works now, we have a new tablet, which you will see there is connected to the microphones. It uses a 4G SIM, so it's not using the Wi-Fi. And is, and is the one that's broadcasting. To the right of Alistair is the old laptop, which we use, and it is running just as a local recording, so just as if you used your iPhone or Samsung, Android, just pressing record. So it is doing a local recording. The quality clearly will not be as good as this quality that the first one does, but there is a second backup now at every meeting. Councillor Merrifield, are you... Sorry, it's not on. Um, I just said software's updates are scheduled, but is there a regular um, scheduled programme of checking that the system is sound, is viable um, throughout the year? So, like, every... Because you said... One of them said six months or a year. It was yearly annual check. Now, I don't know anything about... You know, technology is like a big... It's a big... It's a fairy tale to me. You know, I don't know what, what goes on. However... Um, I would I would think that things need to be checked on a regular basis and a, an annual basis to me doesn't seem that good. So is there now a programme that it goes through so things are checked on a regular basis? We get these serviced annually um, and there will be the odd software update. Um, there's, there's very little to do with these devices. So there, there might be a, an odd patch sent out or whatever um, we would get an email if it was an urgent patch and we'd get it sorted but if not then any patches are done at the once a year um, review which was done in June last year hence the six months but um, so it's an annual maintenance program which should suffice Councillor Caton Thank you Mr Chairman I'm just following on that kind of uh, strain of thought about um, it was actually kind of, I learnt a new word or a new sense of deprecate when I read the report. I didn't realise it was now a software uh, uh, 
So, and it said that the, sh the tablet should have was deprecated and should have been um, actually swapped earlier. Basically, I mean, have we got that in the the contract with audio minutes? Uh, should we have a repeat? You know, is there a life time for that new tablet that we've specified? Because I don't want it to happen again. Yeah, so, yes, that was the wording that Audio Minutes provided from their summary, a uh, bit of a lift of part of it. So, yes, um, and I think they acknowledge that they should have changed it out a lot earlier. <clears throat> Excuse me. So we now keep a record of that machine. We know exactly what software it's got on it, and we ourselves will keep an eye on our end of life for such devices, as well as Audio Minutes doing it. Um, so, yes, there is a plan. Any other comments or observations? Thank you. Um, the danger of sounding slightly self-congratulatory, um, I do have to say that it's been very impressive the way that Council Account and Mr Webb have worked together on this, not only to find out what happened, but to come up with remedies to future-proof it. And I do think that was a very effective piece of work they've conducted. And if I may, I'll uh, propose a vote of thanks to them both for that. Thank you. Um, moving on, school transport request from Councillor Day. I'll leave Councillor Day to explain the background to this matter, although it's been plastered all over the local media quite extensively. Um, the purpose of having this on the agenda is to seek the committee's permission uh, for us to write to the relevant bodies within Essex County Council, um, asking them questions and seeking their cooperation with Councillor Day's investigation. But let me hand over to Councillor Day. Do I need to go any further, Chair? I think you really covered it in some ways. Um, you have a great deal of background and context, which I'm sure will be terribly informative. OK, let, let me set the scene. Well, as you know, I'm the Cabinet de Deputy with responsibility for community safety, and wearing that hat, I was contacted on the 14th of January this year by the parent of a child who'd been injured on a bus the day before. And this was a double-decker bus, owned and operated by Stevenson Buses. Um, the bus had collided with an overhanging uh, tree, the branches, in Littlebury uh, Green Lane, Saffron Walden. When children were being taken home from school, uh, and this was on a scheduled bus route, I emphasise that, it was Route 444, and the bus was fully laden with children, uh, and they were being taken from Joyce Franklin Academy in Newport uh, and the Saffron Walden County High School. The upper deck, the front near side, was severely damaged, and to give you an example of it, I would describe it as a large can opener had opened the top of the bus, uh, window had fallen out, and two children were hurt sufficiently that required A&E treatment. The sad part about this, really, which um, certainly... Uh, set me uh, looking closer was that children were left at the roadside to fend for themselves until nearby adults um, and parents took control. Older children acted as marshals and ushered younger ones off of the bus 
and it appeared that the bus driver did very little but to hang on to his mobile phone. Following that allegation of failing to stop damage-only accident by a Stevenson's bus travelling through Great Chesterford, where it collided with three or four parked cars, uh, was also brought to my attention, this time by a mature student um, who had reported it on Facebook initially. Um, And this triggered a considerable amount of um, activity on social media. Uh, There were concerns over incidents all over um, Uttlesford, basically from the north of Saffron Walden through to our boundaries in Cambridgeshire. And the best way of describing those was pretty poor driver behaviour. Now, this culminated in local press interest and a small cross-party group of district councillors led by myself started to collate a dossier of reports from those concerned residents about these reported incidents. Unbeknown to me at the time, but uh, fellow councillors Gregory and Pavitt had a history of a dialogue between themselves and Essex County Councillor uh, Ray Gooding, who is the Cabinet Portfolio Holder for Education, of which school bus contracts fall under his remit. Councillors Pavitt and um, Gregory had been in discussions with him since October of last year. This having come about because Viceroy, the previous school bus operator, had gone into liquidation and parents of children were concerned in their eyes of the poor standard of service that was being offered. Councillors Gregory and Pavitt felt that Councillor Gooding was not grasping the nettle, so to speak. And consequently, the issues which had been raised to them, we decided to include those in our dossier. Anyway, our dossier grew and grew and grew to over 60 pages of incidents. Once collated, this was sent to Essex County Council, to Essex Police and the Traffic Commissioner's Office with a request that an investigation be conducted. Essex Police were quick to respond saying that they would not be taking any further action as they felt it was more appropriate for the other two agencies, um, who are regulatory, of course, uh, for them to deal with. Essex County Council did not even bother to acknowledge receipt of this, which led me to write directly to Mr Gavin Jones, the Chief Executive, asking for for him to personally intervene and to appoint a senior officer to investigate the matter. Within a week, Mr Jones replied with a wording of a letter, almost word for word, used by Councillor Gooding in replying to Councillor Gregory earlier in the year. The letter inferred that he was satisfied that the issue of the bus striking an overhanging tree on the 13th of January was an accident, and that the other issues which had been passed to, uh, sorry, the other issues had been passed to his bus contract team to discuss with Stevenson.
to re-look at it and we need to challenge that because it's very, very important. Scheduled bus services are different to school bus services and if they're putting Essex, our children in danger, by cutting costs of putting children onto a scheduled bus, then we should be opposing that and very, very strongly. Thank you. Councillor Sell. Thank you, Chairman. Uh, I, I agree with Councillor Day. I have read something about the issue. Councillor Gooding is county councillor for the area I live in, in Uddlesford. I have had some discussions with him, and he, I, he was, the last time I spoke to him on this, he was complaining about the bill for school transport. Uh, I'm not sure what Councillor Day is wanting us to do, whether... We, of course, have the opportunity, if we wish to have it, to scrutinise this issue. And I note that it is before the Traffic Commissioner and we ha I'm one of Uttlesford's county councillors, is the portfolio holder for school transport. And we could, if we were so minded, to invite... Uh, Councillor Gooding accompanied, if he wishes, by officers to come along because it clearly is an important safety issue and the whole issue of school transport has been a fixed one in terms of eligibility. So I, I think that there are sufficient concerns that I'm, I, I wonder... With, I don't think it's enough just for us as committee to just support Councillor Day and write a letter to Essex County Council. I, I think it needs more than that. Councillor Gerard. Thank you, Chair. Yeah, I, th I think, Councillor, um, I think you're absolutely on, on the button there. Um, I think that, you know, as a council, we, we have an obligation to make ensure the health, safety and well-being of all our residents, all our kids, whether they're actually... If they travel through and they go to school here, whether they live here or not, we, we must look after their well-being. It's, I think it's good, you know, we have the chair and the deputy chair of our licensing committee here, and I think if, 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 if we had licensed one of those buses, what would we be doing? Um, you know, the traffic commissioner for Essex is the licensing authority, and I think for us as the local authority here where the incident happened and where the schools are, I think we should be taking a very strong stance. I think should we make a formal, a, a formal letter um, and possibly maybe even go further? I don't know if there's anything we can do as a one licensing authority to another licensing authority, um, how we can do that. I agree. I think that we're not being properly represented in this matter by our county council law or laws. Um, I have discussed this also with, with Councillor Ray Gooding, who's obviously my councillor in Newport as well, where the instant one instance happened. But I, th I think that we must take a firm stance. I don't think um, a letter is enough. So I concur with what everyone said so far. Gosh, Councillor Crisioni, Councillor Driscoll, Councillor Caton, in that order, please. Uh, with all of these matters, not even just on school transport, but on anything that comes before the scrutiny committee, I think to myself as a councillor, not what does it say in the constitution, but what can we actually get out of this? 
I haven't a particular view on the issue. I mean, it's absolutely regrettable and unfortunate what happened with the children and the bus driver. That's not in question or in doubt. Um, there are questions to be answered. But I think I need to ask myself as a councillor and would ask other members of the committee to ask, what do we actually get out of this? How, If we do push forward with a programme of work, how do we ensure that at the end of it we achieve something? We're not just pressing buttons for the sake of pressing buttons. And yeah, I, I don't think it's politics, but how do we ensure that this isn't just seen as a finger-pointing exercise? Uh, first of all, I'd like just to um, clarify with Councillor Gerard, it's not the Traffic Commissioner for Essex. It's actually the Traffic Commissioner for the Eastern Region, who is based in Cambridge. Okay. Uh, secondly, as topic lead for transport for Uttlesford, I had a meeting on the 28th of November last year with Councillor Gooding. Um, we meet quite often when walking the dogs. We live in the, the same village. However, um, one of the items on the agenda that day was a complaint from a resident in Great Canfield about a Stevenson's bus driver, which um, they were asked to look into. And on our next meeting, which will be at some point, we're just confirming the date for either the end of March or the beginning of April, they are coming back to me with what they've done to look into that, that event. Um, also at that meeting was the passenger transport section if you like officer whatever and also the, the school bus officer um, complete with Mr Good. I think there was five of them in all uh, Councillor Luck actually accompanied me and it was a very good meeting um, so good a meeting in actual fact that we decided we would have four a year so we would have a chance at these meetings to actually keep them on their toes. Um, I can't say any more than that at the moment until we see what evidence they come back at the next meeting. Well, I mean, everybody's talked about the transport commissioner but I mean you in your extract said we we could ask people any in the pub, any public sector role to to attend uh, it would seem to me if we're going to ask the county council to 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 come and give us evidence then we should also ask the traffic commissioner to give evidence because he is the one that has got the power I think and the, the other supplementary question is, I mean, do, are all Stevenson's uh, bus drivers um, DAB? Is it DAB? No. DBS checked. DBS. I D can answer, answer that. Because they're operating scheduled services, there is no requirement. That's uh, one of the that, most interesting well, aspects. Well, that a, a moral outrage in, in that case. Indeed. They are deliberately putting them on to serve school children uh, and yet that's just a way of getting getting around child protection issues I think it is um, reprehensible there, there, there's a bit of regulatory jiggery pokery going on there in the sense of redefining matters to suit the outcome that is sought Councillor Driscoll um, the traffic commissioner is equivalent to a high court judge 
he will not come to a meeting, especially while the investigation is still ongoing. He may concede after the investigation. There would normally be a public inquiry, which anybody can attend. The date will be published, and it will be published three times, I believe, before the actual event. It will be at Cambridge. Councillor Sell. I think it would be helpful just to have clarity. At one level, one could be looking at just a briefing session from the portfolio holder about school transport and if one wanted to widen it, about provision for 11-plus children in the district because that is quite pertinent as well. I'm conscious, of course, that the County Council has scrutiny committees and therefore I've got no idea as to whether the issue of school transport has been or is going to be a feature of one of those committees. But I think we would be wise to check that out. I do remember reading in the local press a statement from Stevenson's which was criticising Councillor Day's version. And again, if we did decide to review this, then in terms of uh, fairness and equity, I think one would have to involve the company because we are talking about that specific company because I'm not saying they're right, but they have... They did put out a statement which seemed to rebut a lot of what Councillor Day has said, perhaps unsurprisingly, but clearly uh, they would have, have a view and they would need to be aware if scrutiny committee decided to go beyond just a briefing session with Councillor Gooding. I think you're quite right. There's a distinction between the systemic issues in the way Essex County Council may organise itself and issues with individual companies and what that implies. But it's probably relatively easy to say.
that have statutory powers in this case. How how are we to influence them? I don't. I guess the the basis of my question is. I don't want to see the time of this committee wasted is probably the wrong word, but not used efficiently by looking at something we have no control over. If I may, I'll attempt to answer that and at the same time sum up. There is a history here. The history goes back some years to a decision to seek to save a million pounds from the school transport budget um, during the times of austerity. I have considerable sympathy for Councillor Gooding in this respect because the vast majority of his school transport budget goes on transferring children with special needs. And that is extremely expensive and untouchable, and rightly so. And so the efforts to seek to save this somewhat plucked out of thin air figure... Um, have fallen on the provision of what one might call mainstream transport. Because of the demographics of the county, uh, the vast majority of that transport takes place in Uttlesford and in Braintree. It's not an issue in Chelmsford because everybody catches either one of the local buses or walks or is close enough to their school. So we particularly suffer from those issues. And there have been difficulties with providers going bust, not wishing to um, tender for business. So, you know, Councillor Gooding is a hard-working and upstanding member of society and he's doing his absolute best. There's a very interesting question as to whether he's necessarily getting the right advice, but we have to have sympathy with him. So I think the range of options available to us are do nothing, write an appropriately worded letter to the chief executive, seek to bring this to the attention of the relevant scrutiny committees at Essex, of which I know not, but we can seek advice from officers and their input, or a more overarching approach, as has been suggested by some, to invite various individuals or representatives of bodies to come and essentially account for themselves. Um, what I think we can't get away from is the overwhelming evidence that things are not working, be they children being injured in incidents, reports of questionable behaviour, and this overarching question which Councillor Coote has um, made very clear about issues of safety that the County Council is frankly seeking to devolve from itself based on regulatory redefinition. Ordinarily, they would require DBS checks because you deem it a scheduled service, despite the fact that nobody other than children uses it, you exclude yourselves from that. So I think it's a matter for the committee which avenue you wish to go down, but there's no doubt that Councillor Day has found a rich seam of questionable activity that needs further, well, for better words, scrutiny. Councillor Lavelle. In, in response to the question from uh, Councillor Crischione, I think what we have identified very clearly is that there is a potential risk of safeguarding for young people in our district. That risk is under the control, and I totally accept the view of Councillor Crescione, is under the control of Essex County Council. 
But as we in Uttlesford District Council have, have identified that as a risk, I believe it is appropriate for us as a scrutiny committee to request from the appropriate member of Essex County Council, and it would not be appropriate in my opinion to ask any of the providers, because this is, uh, this is a question to the regulator, it's not the question to the provider, how they will mitigate this risk in future and help to assure that the school transport that is provided in Uttlesford, and hopefully in other parts of Essex, but certainly in Uttlesford, is, is provided in a manner that is safe and secure for the young people who are using it. Very eloquent, Councillor Lavelle. I think that might even be the beginning of a resolution. <laughs> Councillor Sell. It may help, Chairman. There is at the County a People and Families Policy and Scrutiny Committee, uh, which, whose work does include matters to do with education. In terms of the membership, none of our Uttlesford County Councillors are members of that committee. But I think that would be the committee that will be that could look at school transport. I think actually school transport sits under place services and economic growth policy and scrutiny committee. I assume, like me, you've just been yeah, I've been on the West yeah, County Council yeah. website trying to work out the appropriate yeah, body. Well, yeah, that seems to be the one done far me. better than me. I spent ages trying to find it and <laughs> failed. Um, place services and economic growth policy and scrutiny committee includes uh, highways and transportation. In its um, in the topics it covers, it's chaired by a councillor, Ian Grundy. I mean, again, we even check with the county council, but this one, the it may well be that policies, people and families. It says looking at education, safeguarding factors to those at risk and most vulnerable. From what has been said tonight, is that we do have concerns about safeguarding of. Uh, young people but anyway so what would you like to do Councillor Caton I do think that we need to investigate the Essex County Council's scrutiny committee a kind of strand we can do lots of strands but I do Mm. think going down the scrutiny at Essex might be a, one of the strands. Um, but then I'm quite ha- happy for, Ms. for Councillor Lavelle to... Councillor Lavelle. Okay. So my, my, my recommendation, my proposal would be that we should be writing to the person in Essex County Council responsible for school transport pointing out that we have a concern relating to the safeguarding of the young people in Uttlesford and potentially other rural environments in Essex, relating to the safeguarding of those young people on school transport and asking that uh, they um, uh, provide information on how they will assure appropriate safeguarding of these young people in the future. I'm going to take that as a uh, proposed resolution. Do I have a seconder? Councillor Caton. Before we move on, I think Councillor Sell wanted to make a point. A very small point. I'm quite happy with that. We are a stakeholder, and therefore we have a right to comment, and we should do, 
what I would suggest is that uh, if we decide to pass the resolution this evening, copies should be sent to all our four county councillors. Excellent suggestion. Councillor Cruciani? I think we have to be careful just in, in what you said there. We are proposing an issue relating to school transport. What we've actually been saying, this is about scheduled transport too. And I think our concern is in checking on scheduled transport. The provision of transport to schools to avoid... Okay. Um, yeah, because school... Yeah, school exactly. You're, you're quite right. School bus. <laughs> so we have a proposer. We have a seconder. May I take the matter to a vote? Those in favour? Those against? Excellent. Thank you very much. A very um, interesting and uh, learned debate. Item 12. Councillor Cristioni, we've put this on as a placeholder. You weren't quite sure whether it would need to be brought to committee. Can you inform us what the status of it is, please? Yes, so for the, for the members that aren't aware... Um, Flitch Green and Little Dunmo Ward is home to the Felsted Traveller site. It's the largest traveller site in Uttlesford. It has 17 plots and uh, has caused me and my residents, my family, untold trouble over the last year or so um, due to unauthorised encampment as such, more like hijacking of the site by uh, unruly travellers. Um, it's a site of two halves. You have travellers that have lived there for yonks who are... By and large, pleasant people. I see them in the shops. I'll say hi. I'll talk to them. And then you have the travelling travellers that come along, destroy the community, and then uh, leave speedily or decide to put up a, a fight when asked to leave or forced to leave. Um, that reached a boiling point a little while back, and it highlighted some, in my opinion, gross incompetence uh, within the Essex Countywide Traveller Unit, um, not the members of the Traveller Unit but the operation of the travel unit, I should be very clear in saying that. So um, in all of this, I asked our chairman whether we could explore um, how we pay into this system of countywide uh, traveller management, um, how much we pay, do we get value for money, and you know, is this negligence acceptable from our perspective as the local planning authority but also as the uh, body responsible for environmental health on the whole um, I don't feel that we will get anything out of looking at this on the basis I think we pay something around the £8,000 a year mark towards the Essex County wide traveller unit the majority you know 90 odd percent of their work focuses on uh, the enforcement of uh, or sorry the eviction and arrangements around illegal encampments they do a good job in that respect they do us proud in that respect in looking after our area um, the thing that they're not good at and they continue to be negligent with uh, is the management of their own public traveller site but that is a separate issue and one which I don't think warrants the time of the committee so thanks for putting it on the agenda but I, I think we are making progress on the, on the point of the management of the traveller site and so I don't feel it needs the uh, needs the support of the scrutiny committee at this time. Thank you, Councillor Driscoll. In my role as a parish councillor, I had actually attended. I think it was two weeks ago um, an illegal encampment seminar. Uh, one morning in Dunmo, 
and it was attended by the um, police section and also by an officer from Essex. It was very interesting, um, and maybe we can arrange something like that for councillors here. Um, but basically, they don't have a lot of um, authority. They turn up, they ask them to move, they don't move, they get a warrant, they go in, they move, and before the last one's off on one site, the first one's already on another. And it's a very small unit. Um, my understanding was it was two officers and the one guy and whoever accompanies him in Essex, uh, Essex County Council. Councillor Coote. Yes, we had uh, problems in Saffron Walden, uh, and I made some inquiries. They tell me, I think it's Worcester, where the uh, town council, it wouldn't be called a town, city council, has taken out an injunction against all travellers being able to stop in their, uh, in their vicinity of X amount of miles. Um, I did suggest this to uh, one of my police officer friends to find out whether that was doable, and he said, yes, it is. And it was very interesting. I'd forgotten all about it, sorry, until tonight, until people started talking about it, because they've moved out of Saffron Walden. But um, it interested me, and perhaps we ought to look whether that is possible, actually, whether we can take an injunction out in Uttlesford to stop them actually being able to stay here. Councillor Day, then Councillor Christiani. Thank you, Chair. I can come from two angles uh, on this. I can come from the police angle, because I do have a liaison responsibility, but I also sit as the Uttersford uh, rep on the uh, Essex uh, Joint uh, Travellers uh, Unit Committee. Um, I personally think, and this is certainly not, not all um, local authorities in Essex actually subscribe uh, membership um, to this committee, but those that do look at it as quite a cheap insurance policy. Um, prior to my time, um, but I'm sure the officers will assist me, that we used to have a traveller's uh, officer. But, of course, that's quite expensive because that's a full-time uh, um, position. We don't get uh, attacked by these people um, very often. And I take the point that Councillor Coote has said, but... Let me just explain the injunction situation. With an injunction, you have to actually name people. Harlow have, were the first probably uh, authority in Essex to go down the injunction route. It is still operative, although it is very close um, to expiry date. But the, the same families were continually um, going to Harlow, so their enforcement officers there were actually knowing who these families were. So by taking it to an injunction situation, they were able to name the families involved. But I would suggest our difficulty is that people just swan in, excuse the pun, into Swan Car Park, and we haven't got a clue who those people are. So unfortunately, an injunction would have no power. I personally think that um, our police service, our, our rural police officers who basically do with this, 
do it exceedingly well because they also know these families and we have to understand that travellers have a bad name but not all of them are bad. They are like the rest of society. There are good and there are bad. There are those that will comply and there are those that won't comply. So the value of, of having the um, Essex Countrywide team and the Rural Police team is to say that they do know these people and most of them are pretty reasonable and will move on with the 24 hours notice. We do have a responsibility as human beings to look after these people and that is what the Essex uh, Joint um, Unit actually do. People don't understand that they go in and deal with medical issues, they deal with a lot of advice um, and that is what unfortunately the delay is and I've tried within my uh, position here to advise councils and councillors, parish councils I should say, is how the delay comes about. You can't just go in and throw these people off the land. As I say, there is a human rights situation here. The team have to go along and make sure that welfare situations are, are correct. But it's unfortunate. It's like in life, the bad um, make it worse for the good people. But as I say, that uh, you can't just throw them off the land. And if you expect to do that, then you're actually breaking the law. Thank you. Um, bearing in mind that Councillor Cristioni has effectively withdrawn this item, I think we've probably had as broad a debate as the matter merits this evening. Are there any closing remarks anybody would like to make? Thank you. Thank you very much indeed. Um, doubtless you'll bring it back to our attention should the need arise, Councillor Cristiani. Thank you. Annual report. Um, if you have specific drafting points, please send them to Richard, copy myself. So I welcome comments and observations on the generality of the report, the tone and tenor, rather than um, specific wording, if I may. Does silence indicate consent? Gosh. Uh, can I just say that obviously I'm going to, if it is okay with the committee, make a few further updates based on discussion this evening. There is uh, it's always the problem of writing this report before the last meeting of the year happens. Um, so, yeah, some of the uh, items that have been discussed I'll include and I'll update the uh, timetable for the work streams. In that case, uh, it remains for me to say thank you very much. It's been a very effective meeting. Um, we have a lot of business we're carrying over into the forthcoming year, but um, that is work that requires a great deal of attention and detail, and we've made excellent progress on it. Um, final closing remark, I'm sure that Councillor Day will liaise with officers on the wording of our requests to... Essex County Councillors that will require some precise wording. Oh yes, and we have a uh, scrutiny training session booked. Alastair very kindly sent me an email earlier about it and I'm sure he sent it to you as well. I've forgotten the details but Alastair doubtless remembers them.
Uh, so we have a training session scheduled with Anne Reader, who was uh, from Frontline Consultants. She ran your previous training last year, just after your induction. Uh, it's a chance to sort of reflect on the year and look forward to the upcoming year. And I think this training is the 14th of May, starting at 6 o'clock. But you've all got calendar invitations. Well, and some of you have been here since 2 o'clock this afternoon, so I think it's probably time to go home. Thank you ever so much indeed.